Welcome to the Imperfectly Perfect Campaign, sharing real-life stories from real people to unite them in global change for the face of mental health. We will also reduce the stigma, creating communication, healing, and awareness to save lives and inspire. Join us weekly as we talk to some of the highly acclaimed faces, influencers, experts, and others who have been through extreme adversity. So welcome to another episode of the Imperfectly Perfect podcast, where each week I'm joined by some of the world's most renowned faces in the entertainment industry, on the sports field, corporate leaders, and inspirational thought leaders around the world, each sharing their own truths and personal journeys. Today, we have none other than Samantha Harris. Samantha is one of Australia's most successful models. She started a modeling career when she was only 13 years of age and has both led and witnessed the changing portrait of Australia's fashion industry, becoming a trailblazer in representation of First Nations people appearing on the front of iconic magazines, catwalks, and editorial campaigns alike. She has had an illustrious career and as the second Indigenous model to ever grace the cover of Vogue, she's one of the leading pioneers in pushing for more diversity in the industry. But it's a work off the catwalk that has been her most impressive to date. She has used a platform to advocate for Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander women and girls, was announced as a goodwill ambassador for World Vision Australia, helping vulnerable women and girls across the globe. She's a proud Dungudi woman and wears her cultural identity proudly. And somebody... I am truly honoured to have on the show today. So first and foremost, welcome to the show, Samantha. Hi, how are you? I'm good, thank you. Thank you for your time, because when I reached out to you the other day, straight on board, so very, very grateful. Um, I know you're a huge advocate in terms of what you do with your platform, and that's something yes. I suppose I want to really delve into, because there was something that I read when you said, I think growing up in an industry and being the age I am now has meant I've grown into myself. I'm just letting people see me for me and not who they think yeah. I am. And that's what IPC is about. So what is it about you that got you into the modeling industry? And what do you want people to know about you that people often don't from a media perception? Um, well, when I start, got into the modeling industry many years ago, I started when I was 13 it's something that I've, I've always wanted to be a model ever since I was a little girl. Um, never had any other plan B. And obviously as a young girl, you know, I wanted to dress up and get my hair and makeup done as, you know, as most young little girls do. But as my career continued, um, you know, I could be a spokesperson for different brands and raise awareness on certain topics. Um, I think I've kind of, my career's evolved. You know, I'm not only a model, but I can raise, you know, awareness to things that need to be, you know, that, things that need to have a light shed on them basically so yes going into that industry <laughs> you've been in that industry a long time now and there, there's a lot of things that I've often read about you when I was doing my research and one of the things <laughs> is when you've been in an industry for so long and you're often referred to as the aboriginal model yes what is that like because you've been in for over 15 years now and it's like you know what I've done my dues yes I'm very yeah. proud of my heritage but I'm also Samantha yeah. Um, yeah, I guess, you know, you, you've kind of set up quite perfectly. Um, I am an Indigenous model. You know, I'm proud of my culture. You know, the Aboriginal culture is the longest living culture. Um, but, you know, it doesn't really doesn't really bother me. Not, it, does it, do other models get, you know, labels on them? No, but, you know, that's, that's basically, that's who I am. So, you know, I'm proud to be me. When you first went into that industry, I suppose when you was 
as I often say to everybody, when, when you don't have a platform and it's something that you're just going into, then you're thrust into the limelight. I mean, I think at 18, you went on the front of Vogue and then you just started getting this global attention and global platform. What is that like from a, pers- from a perspective of just suddenly going from not being known to thrust into the limelight? Um, I guess it was weird. Like, obviously, now I've been um, in the public eye for a lot longer, so it just kind of doesn't really bother me. Like, I, I don't do anything differently within being myself and things like that. Um, but as a young girl, you know, going from, you know, a little smart Paris from Tweed Heads, moving to Sydney, even moving to Sydney was a big deal for me. Um, yeah, just, you know, as, as you said, the media, they just... They'll make any story, any story. You could tell, you could go on Instagram and tell people you had cornflakes breakfast. A media outlet will be like, no, she's lying. She had fruit loops and they just twist <laughs> and turn things. Um, but as a young girl, like it's really upsetting. Like all the, there's, you know, there's so many people that are there that always have, they have an opinion on you. Um, and, you know, some of them, are, most of them are great, but then there's people out there that don't have opinions that are very nice and it can be hard. Like it's, um, yeah, like it can make you feel really upset and just think, you know, was this the right career path? You know, why are these people that don't even know me judging me, basically? And when I was younger, I was still, you know, a teenager. I was very young. Um, yeah, it was very disheartening, but I have a really good support network. Um, my Well, he was my boyfriend at the time, but my husband now, um, my agency, my family. So I think if you've got a good group of people around you rooting for you, um, it makes it it still sucks when people aren't mean and say horrible things but it's nice to have a good support network around you that aside the support network this is one thing i like to delve a little bit deeper in when you say that you go through and you're very openly spoken about online trolls in the past racism within industry and you speak about all this very openly and use your platform for that presence but what is that like to keep on walking forward? Like you just said there, you could have easily quit at times or questioned yourself. Yeah. And I know there's a lot of people who want to go into the industry, whatever industry that may be, but then go, maybe this is not for me. What is it, do you think, that fire inside you or something that kept you going? My support network, my agency, my husband, my family. And it's it's something that I really wanted to do. Like, don't get me wrong, there are days where, like when I was younger, with, you know, online trolls and things like that. Or you'd read a news article and everyone has an opinion all around the world, which is lovely. Um, and it just, sometimes it feels like a kick in the guts and it's like these people don't know me. I, you know, I would cry. It would really upset me and really basically hurt my feelings. I'm sure it would hurt anyone's feelings um, to read some of the comments. But, again, just I think getting older with age and basically just not caring what anybody thinks about me. I know who I am. Um, my family, my friends, everyone knows you know, who Samantha Harris is and the one or two think they want to make up something or just, you know, have their true sense worth it. It just doesn't bother me anymore. It's just water off a duck's back. I've got more about the person that's projecting that negative energy out there. So I'm like, you know. When you just talked about the, the, the war off a duck's back, I once, I was, Roxy Jusenko was actually shooting with me and there was two articles that came out and one was really yeah. nice and one was really yep. just just going to town and I felt really offended for her. And she actually said, you know what? It's water off a duck's back. If you can't handle it, you can't be in. So I'm just like, what advice would you give to anybody? Like, what do you do now if you see an article and and, and they bring something up? Do you not even read those articles now or? Yeah, no, I I don't read them. And, you know, the odd chance I see it, I just think really there is so much more things going on the more important things that is going on in the world 
that's what you want to use all your time on, like something about me that's really irrelevant and doesn't really mean anything. Just for those that are listening to the podcast, like- we do have a dog in the back. <laughs> we, what's your dog called? Uh, he's called Anubis. Anubis, what a great name. So Anubis is joining the podcast today, guys. <laughs> but that's why we call it Imperfectly Perfect. And whilst I'm saying that, on, on behalf of that, what does Imperfectly Perfect yes. mean to you? Imperfectly Perfect means to me just being yourself. Again, I'll, I'll refer back to Instagram and, you know, how you have all those lovely filters and everyone brightens things and, you know, makes their photos look lovely and glamorous. I try and just, again, just be myself. Like, you know, I might post a candid picture or anything like that, but just showing who I am basically, not trying. Like why, why would we want to change the way we are as a person? Like there's only one of it. You know, we're unique in our own way. Like we should embrace that and just love ourselves for all our perfections, all our imperfections. So, you know, imperfectly perfect. So in saying that, when was the time? Because as I said within your bio, you've had an illustrious career. You've done amazing things. But that aside, you are really well known and documented for all the work that you do within the community, within young girls and women. I mean, an ambassador for a lot of platforms. Was there a pivotal time where you realized that your platform could save a life? Actually, there was, there was one moment, I, I can't remember how, how what, what year it was, but it was quite a number of year, years ago and I was still in my early 20s. Um, I had a young girl reach out to me and she followed me for years and, um, you know, I chat to her back and forth on Instagram. The young girl was diagnosed with cancer and um, she was only a teenager and she just wanted to tell someone and because we'd always chat back and forth, um, you know, it, it really broke my heart. She was, you know, 15, 14 maybe and, um you know, just chatting back and forth with her and, um, you know, she was doing chemo, just not, we're not talking about anything special, but just not talking about the treatment. Um, she, she beat cancer. God love her. I'm still friends with her today. And I think that would be one of the moments where I thought, you know, like I could help, you know, help people or like, you know, not, not necessarily change their life, but be there for them. Like I am, you know, I, I do what I do, but if I can just make that one person's day a little bit better, you know, it makes my job so much more. Like I'm, I'm so much more than a model. Like if I can help people. So what would you want your legacy to be, to be remembered for? Not that old yet. No. <laughs> <laughs> my legacy will, um, you know, I was one of the very first Indigenous models to be in the fashion industry and now we have you know you know indigenous shows during fashion week which is amazing and so many indigenous models and just talent out there um but also you know being true to myself and you know like I, I i care like i care about the environment i care about other people and raising awareness for people that are um, less fortunate um it's it's not just model anymore if I can help and be there for people and raise awareness on certain topics I love that like that just that excites me so much more and from a cultural perspective I just want to flip the switch because I actually worked for a non-for-profit for for the Aboriginal Torres Strait Islanders a while ago Um, so I learned a lot an amazing lady Karen Ross who just taught me so much from a cultural perspective how was it welcomed when you went into the modeling industry from your own community well, where I'm from, Tweed Heads, um, you know, it's it's very like you know, I'm sure people, it's the Gold Coast. Um, 
I think I, th- I think they were happy. I can't remember, obviously, because I was very young. My mum was over the moon. I'm the only girl in the family. But um, I think they were happy. But, you know, there are people that, you know, there are some people that don't get happy for you as well and think, you know, you don't deserve it. Um, but, um, yeah, I think the overall response was happiness, which was good because That's it can go either way. <laughs> well, you, you, you do say something I've heard you say a few times on a couple of interviews that I was looking at and you just talk about the difference when people try to characterize and talk about race and you're like there's one there's the human race and I love that aspect because that's what yeah. IPC is about it's like it doesn't matter yeah. creed color ethnicity money we deal yeah. with mental health we are but one yeah and if I was to say anything else which I'll not get political it's normally the people at the yeah. top that divide that <laughs> So oh, yeah. it just gets to the point where you're just like, when, when people see the difference in different people and, 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 and money and yeah. fame and everything, you're just like, but where is that coming from? Like, why can't we yeah. clap the loudest for someone else? Because one of the things with the IPC yeah. is I do not know your story from the earlier years. Yeah. I don't know. What you, mm-hmm. So I could be clapping the loudest for you now at your successes because I'm going, Samantha yeah. deserves that. And I think because we've been indoctrinated so long to think that this fame money is like a quick way through social media. Like what's your hope in terms of social media? Like you've seen it evolve and from being 13 thrust into the limelight, what's your hope? Because like kids and going further. Um, With social media, that's a tough one. Well, when I started modeling, there was no social media. Like, you know, you didn't show, you couldn't show when you're on shoots, like maybe occasional, the occasional Facebook um, kind of picture or something back in the But Yeah, I think with social media, just, again, people show their highlight reels, and but it's getting better. Some girls and, you know, guys and girls show when they're having bad days and things like that. But I think my hope is just for people to remember that social media is not the be-all and end-all. Um, again, most people are just showing all their highlights of their life and um, just don't take it too seriously. But on the other side, there's, you know, kids that go to school and get bullied and things like that. When they go home, they don't get a break anymore. Like, which, and getting bullied in general is, is horrible. I was bullied at school, but kids nowadays, they go home and they're still getting text messages. They're still getting bloody Instagram messages, which is absolutely heartbreaking, and then, which can lead to other terrible things you just hit the nail on the head but like at least when we was younger I was going to say when it came to modeling that you touched on there that you predominantly only had Facebook back in the day so how did you become so successful because I can only attest it to hard work and these day and age through social media everyone thinks you can become famous overnight so can you just take us back to what paving the (laughs) paving the streets trying to get jobs castings and yeah. Um, yeah, well, when I started modelling, I'm from Tweed Heads. My agency would fly me from Tweed Heads to Sydney. Um, there was no iPhone, so you couldn't Google Maps where you were going. <laughs> I was with my little street directory with the map trying to figure out where I was going. Um, and, yeah, just different castings. Um, you know, I, I, I would do different fashion weeks, like, you know, Sydney fashion weeks growing up. And I think, obviously, the older you get and, you know, the more shoots you do, people kind of recognise you and... You know, that's how you can't. I think that's how I gather that's how you got recognized back in the day. But, um, yeah, not, not like um, and things like that. A little bit different now. <laughs> <laughs> Very different now. It's almost like you can get success overnight. And it's just like yeah. you've still got to put the hard work in. One, one of the big questions I wanted to ask you, because, again, within that industry, predominantly where people are judging you all the time, 
How does that make you feel with your insecurities? And when was there a time where you just went, you know what, I am me and I'm happy with the way I am? Because you know this day, there's young people who look at everybody else and think, I'm not pretty enough, I'm not good enough. Like, for someone so prolific in an industry that's based on beauty, how did you feel a sense of not look? You might have done when you was younger, you're 13 and you're going in an industry. So how did you get through all that? When I was younger, I was very... um well, I was very shy for one when I first started modeling, so I wouldn't talk much and yeah, like I was I was yeah, I just wouldn't say anything. I was just a very shy girl. So I would always compare myself to the other girls. I didn't look like them. Um, back then when I was younger. I wanted to look like them. Now I'm older, I'm glad that I don't look you know, no one looks like me. But um when you're younger I think you just kind of wanna fit in. And um I never fitted in, which I always thought was a bad thing, but obviously it's a great thing for everyone. But yeah, I think I think the older you get, you grow into yourself. This is what's happened to me. Like I, I know who I am, and I don't look like anybody else. You know, I'm now 32, so you know I was a lot. For instance, I was a lot smaller. Obviously, most girls are when they're younger. They get older, and everyone's shocked that young girls will turn into females, and their body changes. And like in the modeling industry, I was told, "Oh, Samantha got bigger," and so like, oh, Samantha got bloody older that's what Samantha got and that that's another kick in the that's you know when you're getting older and your body's changing you feel like you know that's a kick in the guts people are like she's getting bigger and acting like it's the world's worst thing again there's more important things in this bloody world than what I look like um I think when I hit my late 20s I just said you know what when I said like not that I don't care but I don't care what other people think I may I be the best version I can be like modeling as you said it's about the way you look so, you know, I still eat well, I train, do I ever walk my dog every day? And I don't look like I did when I was younger, but I look like what I'm supposed to look like now. Just being the best version of yourself and not, you know, the like, it's, I guess that's like, you know, like the background noise, you know, what, what other models look like, you don't look like them and that can play with people's minds. But, yeah, just just being the best version of you and not not giving a damn what anyone else thinks because, again, they don't know you. No one knows your story. It's just being true to who you are. Who's your inspiration and what's the best piece of advice you've been given? I, I take inspiration from different kinds of people. Um, my mum's a very tough and strong woman. So I take, you know, I take, well, I take a lot of inspiration. She probably she would hear that and be like, only a little bit. <laughs> I take a lot of um, You know, I have a great agency. They were always there for me growing up because um, I was always very shy and, you know, that always let me stay in their homes and look after me as a young girl. I take, I take inspiration from, from me too. So from going from when I was younger to who I am now, like I'm proud of that. Like I've been my own kind of role model, if that makes sense. Yeah. You know, I've grown into the person that I wanted to be, that I wished I was when I was younger. As you said, you were shy there. For anybody out there yeah. that's thinking, I could never go into this industry or do it because mm-hmm. I may be an introvert or shy. How yeah. did you push yourself through that bit? I know you had a support system around you, but there's yeah. got to be some kind of integral going, you know what, Samantha, I, you can do this. Yeah, I, I think, yeah, I, 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 well, I believed in myself. Again, you know, I've keep in mind I've done live TV and, Bloody, sometimes I can suck. But, like, <laughs> being a real, just, I think because I loved modelling so much and I loved what I was doing, I just kept pushing myself, even if it was just little steps like, you know, I said two words to this person, not one, and just, 
yeah, just kept pushing and kept just trying to be the best version that I could be. So obviously with the campaign, I was lucky enough to be on live TV twice and yeah. it's awful. Suddenly you oh, sat so- there and they basically go in three, two, one, you're live. And you're like, where the bloody hell am yeah, I supposed everything. to be looking? <laughs> I don't know how people do live TV because it's like, yeah, you watch the first time I went on TV and I'm like pale as anything. I don't know where my eyes are supposed to be looking. Nobody told me. And it's just like this guy's going three, two, one, you're live. And I'm like, shit. <laughs> What's next for Samantha? You've stepped into your own projects. Yeah. Uh, what's next? For me? I, I still do modelling, but I do more ambassador roles. Um, I'm a goodwill ambassador for WWF, um, World Vision Australia. I didn't realize, I actually had no idea until I um, signed up to be an ambassador for World Vision that they got to remote Indigenous communities, which is really cool. Um, and, you know, they just go out and work with the community leader which is amazing, and they don't uh, they don't tell them what they need. They ask what they need, or you know, anything that they can do to help, which is great. Um, I went out there for my mum probably probably like four years ago now with Vogue um, and World Vision. It was great. Everyone loved my mum more than me, but we had a really great. <laughs> Who she? <laughs> nice to see what World Vision actually does. Yeah. That's amazing. I just want to say on behalf of the Imperfectly Perfect campaign, thank you. Thank you for oh, everything no that you everything that you've done, obviously with your platform, because you've not just utilized that platform to be where you are, you've used it as a voice. And that's amazing. Yeah. And I just want to say with that last thing being said, if you could write to your younger self, that 13 year old Samantha, with any yep. differences from the woman you are now, what would you say to that girl? You, you are you are enough. Don't compare yourself to anybody. Being you is more than enough and just be the best version of yourself. Don't worry about anybody else. Well, as I said, I want to thank you for taking the time. So, guys, I'm going to put all the links up to where you can find Samantha. But one of the main things with the Imperfectly Perfect campaign is to continue having the hard conversations because it's the hard conversations that save lives. To find out more about the Imperfectly Perfect campaign and how you can get involved, simply head to our official website at imperfectlyperfectcampaign.org or email us today at info at imperfectlyperfectcampaign.org to speak to one of the team. The Imperfectly Perfect campaign is creating awareness and is not a substitute for professional advice. Should you need help, please refer to your nearest crisis number.